Good morning and welcome to uh, our Harvest Church meeting this morning. So lovely to see all of you. So this morning, my name's Helen and I'm your host this morning. Rob is responsible elder. So if you would like to share something in our meeting, then please come forward and have a word with Rob and I. We are looking a bit later on for a short two-minute testimony. So um, maybe something's happened this week when you've been uh, using the encounter room downstairs or something else has happened or there's something from a, a couple of weeks ago when we had our lovely testimony morning that you didn't get a chance to share that um, would really encourage us and give glory to God this morning. So if that's you, then please come and uh, tell Rob or I this morning and we're going to fit that in probably after worship. Okay, so you've got a little bit of time to have a think and, and to tell us. If you're a visitor here, we um, really love having visitors. I hope you've been welcomed by a welcome team. I'm sure they've given you a welcome pack with a connect card that will tell us a little bit of information about us. Children, children, you're downstairs as normal. Katie's leading worship and she will give you the nod when it's time to go down. We hope that you have a great morning of being blessed downstairs. Sean is preaching a little bit later, so we'll enjoy worship, we'll enjoy testimony, hopefully, then Sean preaching, and then we'll have coffee at the end. So that's where we're going this morning, hopefully, um, with some contributions uh, in, in amongst all of that. So we hope you have a great morning, and going to hand over to Katie. Thank you, Helen. Good morning, everybody. May I encourage you, if you are able and willing, to stand and join me in worshipping and welcoming our amazing God this morning.
children and young people to go downstairs to their groups. If you're a visitor with us here today and you're not sure where to go, usually exit via that stairwell up in the back corner, follow the people down there and I'm sure that somebody will be really happy to show you where you need to go.
fantastic song declaring who our Jesus is so incredible so much truth in there but just the fact that he seeks after us and he is here to release James I just want to pray into that Lord we thank you that it's not about what we do but it's about what you have done and what you are doing for us Lord that you chase after us you seek us out Lord you lavish your love upon us. You pour out your grace into our lives. And Lord, not just that, but you release the chains that we have been in for so many years. And I just pray, Lord, would you release chains this morning? Would you set captives free, Lord? Oh, Lord, we cry out to you. Have your way amongst us. You are Lord in this place. You are Lord in our lives. Have your way, Lord Jesus. King of kings and Lord of lords, conqueror of death, raised to life, seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord, we love you. And we say, have your way, Lord, amongst us. Amen.
think, I think the words that I'm going to say are, are from Jesus. And he says to us, I am Jesus. I'm gentle. I'm kind. And I, I love you. I love you. Whoever you are here this morning, I love you so much. And I love, I love your singing, I love your worship. But I want your hearts. I want your hearts. I want your hearts. Because when I have your hearts, I have all of you. And I want all of you because I know what is best for you. I died for you, I went to the cross for you. And even that then, I look to this day when you would be in this church this morning. It was because of the joy I had before me that I endured the shame, I endured the cross and despised the shame. And I'm here this morning because I love you and I want to bless you. I want to pour out my love into your hearts. And I just say to you, my people, don't resist. Please don't say, I've heard this before. I'm all right. I've got the type of Christianity that I like. I'll give some to Jesus, but I want to do my thing my way. My people, surrender. And I want to release you because I love you. When you give yourselves fully to me, it will not be an easy journey, but it will be a, wealth, a worthwhile journey. You will know true joy if you surrender to me. Give your hearts to me, my people. If you've got lots, I'll give you more. If you've got nothing, I'll give you lots. I'll give you myself. Some of you here are new believers, and this morning I want to pour my Holy Spirit into your hearts. I want you to enjoy your salvation and be filled with my spirit. I'm here to bless, I'm here to love, I'm here to set free. There is no one like you. Reach out to me. Make, you, make me number one in your lives, and your lives will be everything that you could want them to be, because I am your Lord and your Savior and your King. I love you. Amen. That's a powerful invitation Anthony's brought to us. I want to encourage us, let's not just rush on. <laughs> let's take a moment to respond. There's an invitation here from Almighty God. Each one of us will respond in different ways. I'm not going to try and lead us into a response, but take a moment just to tell him where you're at and what your desire is. Great I am, almighty God, heavenly Father, 
Daddy, we come to you. And we do want to surrender. We want to surrender all to you because of all you've done for us. Because we can trust you with the entirety of our lives. Knowing you make a far, far better job of it than we will. We can trust you with all our deepest worries and concerns. Knowing that you bring peace and your ways are beyond understanding and yet perfect. We can surrender our deepest fears and anxieties knowing your love is perfect. You are perfect in all of your ways. As we come and surrender ourselves and say, Lord, would you also come and fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit even now. Spirit of God, we welcome you here. Come and fill us, we ask. Come and dwell in every nook and cranny. Come wash through our life, Spirit of God. That we'd know more of our Father. More of our Father's love. More of his grace. More of his mercy. More of his peace. More of his joy. <laughs> Come, Spirit of God. <laughs> fill us afresh. We receive you now. We welcome you in. Fill us, fill us, fill us more. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We surrender all that we have to you. Amen, amen. Thank you, band. God is good, and he's king of kings, and he's lord of all, and he's in control. Yet we know that bad things happen in the world. So I'm just going to pray um, for Morocco and for Libya in the light of events in the last two weeks. Uh, I'm going to pray a prayer that um, Christian Aid have provided, a really good place to go to if you don't know what to say, don't know what to ask. So I'm going to read this prayer. Um, and yes, amen at the end if, if you want to join me. And then Karen's going to come and give a little testimony. Lord Jesus, you're familiar with grief. You know what it is to weep with those who are suffering. You're close to the brokenhearted and comfort those who mourn. The devastating flood and earthquake has led to losses beyond measure for the people of Libya and Morocco. With so many thousands affected, help us to see beyond the numbers to real communities and families whose lives have been upturned. We pray that you would strengthen those who are still fighting to survive and those trying to save them. We pray that you would console those who fear the worst as they wait for news. We pray that you would be with all who are traumatized and deeply grieving. 
Show us, Lord, how to serve you by helping our neighbours in Libya and Morocco. When we're daunted by the scale of the disasters, inspire us with your spirit that we may know how to make a difference. We thank you for the work of aid agencies on the ground and for all who give what they can to help save lives and support survivors. You're close to the brokenhearted, Lord. Be close to the people of Libya and Morocco, we pray. Amen. I'd just like to give testimony and thanks to God, really. Some of you may know that around eight years ago, I was involved in quite a serious car accident. Uh, as a result of that, I ended up tearing my rotator cuff, which for those that don't know, that's the tendon that allows you to raise your hand and put it down again. Um, I thought that would be a few weeks and I'd get better and I'd get healed and it all would be back to normal. That unfortunately didn't happen and I ended up having an operation on my shoulder and I thought, great, this will be really quick now, I'll get back to normal life. But unfortunately that operation didn't work either. Um, but the second one did. And because of, I think it was a fear, I had a real fear of raising my right arm. Uh, I could do it for very short seconds, but not very, very long. And I like to praise, work, praise God by raising both my hands. So I found very, very difficult for the last eight years not being able to do that. But at Commission Festival, I responded for prayer. Nothing to do with healing, I have to admit. But I believe God healed me because I can now actually raise my right hand and lift it up. Now, I don't know whether God had healed it after the second operation and I've been healed from the fear of raising it or whether it's been healed. But I just know that I can now raise my arm. It's very weak and it's still got a lot of muscle building to it to build up after eight years. But I just want to give God the glory for that and thank him and just recognize that it doesn't always happen in our timelines. I would have had it done eight, eight years ago, but through that there's been a journey, there's still a process, and I'm still going through that process, but I'm waiting for the fulfillment of God's promise. He promised me that when I got to the other side, there would be mighty blessing, and that's what I'm seeking God for. It might not come today, it might not come tomorrow, but it's a case of pressing in and seeing what God does in those times of challenge, and sometimes real difficulties. The timing hasn't been easy, as those that know me well will know that, and there's still got a long way to go, but this, I believe, is the real first step. So thank you, Lord, and thank you for listening. Good morning, folks. It's uh, great to see you. If you don't know me, uh, my name's Sean. I'm part of the leadership team at uh, Harvest Church. So this morning, we are continuing our new series, uh, Jesus And, and uh, this morning we come to the uh, very small topic of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm going to do my best in 20 minutes or 25 minutes, but... Uh, there's so much to, to say about the Holy Spirit, um, so we're only going to really be scratching the surface. But I hope we, at the end of this morning, you know, we'll f feel we know him a little better, maybe challenged to draw nearer to him. Okay, so 
to start with then, I, I want to ask you to be very honest with me, okay? Of course we're always honest in church, but I, you need to be very honest this morning. So, my question is, how many people have watched The Sound of Music at least once? Uh, it's a fair few of you, okay. Great, so you'll all know um, what this means. How do you solve a problem like Maria? Now, for those of you who haven't watched the uh, film countless times, I'm sure some of you have, but, uh, and I haven't, I must confess, I've only seen snippets and heard bits of the songs, but uh, Maria is a nun in training, but she doesn't fit into the traditional ways of the abbey, so say the other nuns, and there's a, a song about it with, you know, how do you solve a problem like Maria? And she just doesn't fit in according to the traditions of the church. And so, as I was considering the Holy Spirit, it made me think, how do you solve a problem like the Holy Spirit? What? Well, over the years, the church has struggled with who the Holy Spirit is. In fact, for some, the Holy Spirit has been quite a problem. And we have experience of that as a church, because a number of years ago, this church split twice over the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so, who is the Holy Spirit? Some churches you might go to completely ignore him. Others maybe box him in and restrict him and say, well, um, we're okay with this, but don't like that bit over there, that ministry. And we can just totally misunderstand who he is. And so, to start with, I wanted to look at, well, I'm going to look at four areas, but the first one is, who is the Holy Spirit? And it's only going to be a very whistle-stop tour, as you'll see. Then we're going to look at Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So how did Jesus interact with the Holy Spirit? What did he have to say about the Holy Spirit? Then, started to get more personal, the Holy Spirit and me. Who is he to me? Or who am I to him? And then, fourthly, we're going to be looking at the baptism or being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so who is the Holy Spirit? And this, as I say, is it for this morning. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. We believe um, in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is co-equal and co-eternal with the Father and the Son. But his role is very different to both that of the Father and of the Son. So the Holy Spirit is a person, not a force, not an it, but a person within the Trinity. The third person, if you like, in the Trinity. He's not lesser than the Father or the Son. He was involved in creation. So if you go all the way back to Jesus, it talks about the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. He's involved in our salvation. It is he who shows us Jesus, reveals our sin to us, and he's involved in our lives day by day. 
Okay. Moving on then. Area two, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. How does the Bible describe the relationship on earth between Jesus and the Holy Spirit? And we need to be very clear on these things, because as we go through some passages of Scripture, I remember having arguments and discussions in the past with folk of how they felt Jesus and the Holy Spirit interacted. But I'm going to share what we as a leadership team believe. Okay, so there are going to be a number of passages of Scripture. Matthew 1, verse 18. So this is going back to the birth of Jesus. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is there and involved in Jesus' conception. It's a miraculous conception. Mary and Joseph have not had sex. The Holy Spirit has come upon her and Jesus leaves heaven and becomes a human embryo. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is involved right at the start of Jesus' ministry. Moving on then, from Luke 3, 21 to 22, and 4, verse 1. This is uh, now describing Jesus as a, a man. He has come to John the Baptist to be baptized. And we read this. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And then going on to chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So... Here now we find the Holy Spirit at Jesus' baptism. It says here that Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is poured out from heaven upon Jesus and the Father says, this is good and I'm pleased with my son for what he's doing. But at that point then, the Holy Spirit then leads Jesus. It leads him into the wilderness and there's 40 days in the wilderness. There's temptation of the devil. And so that is the Holy Spirit leading Jesus. Okay, we move on then. I said this was going to be a whistle stop, tore through this, but uh, Luke chapter 4 and the verses 14 and 18. So this is at the end now of Jesus' time in the wilderness. It says this, verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of Get that? In the power of the Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. Then verse 18 it says, this is Jesus speaking, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. So Jesus here is declaring, actually, it's through the Holy Spirit that I am doing these things. He's proclaiming the good news. He's proclaiming freedom for prisoners. He's healing the blind and he's setting the oppressed free through the Holy Spirit. Jesus is dependent on the Holy Spirit. Okay, Matthew 12, 28, we move on. Jesus again is now speaking to the religious leaders. He's been casting out demons um, from various folk and they're accusing him of doing it by the devil. And Jesus says this, if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Jesus is saying, through the Holy Spirit, I'm casting out these demons. Not obviously by the devil, but through the Spirit of God, he was doing it. Okay, slightly different tack now. We go on to Hebrews 9.14. It says this, the, the writer of the Hebrews says this, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? Now, we often read this and get caught up in, in the, the overall of the verse that Christ's blood was shed for us, he was unblemished, and uh, it's, you know, it's for, for us. But actually, in here, we see that Jesus gave his body. He allowed himself to be sacrificed. He gave it all through the Spirit to the Father. So Jesus offered himself through the Spirit. So the, the, the Trinity were all involved in Christ's sacrifice. Okay, moving on then. This is uh, coming towards the end of Jesus' ministry. He's speaking to his disciples, his, the apostles. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city till, until you've been clothed with power from on high. Jesus was telling his disciples, actually, I'm going but I'm sending the Holy Spirit, so wait for him. Don't go out until you've received him, because he's going to come in power upon you. But you need to wait. Okay, so we're going to close that little part there, that area, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And now we're going to move on to the Holy Spirit in me. When I say in me, I mean in you, in us. There's going to be less verses now. We've had quite a few, but there's still going to be some. We start with 1 Corinthians 6, 19. It says this, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. 
So to start with then, he lives in us, okay? When we accept Jesus as Lord and Saviour, our sins are forgiven. We are adopted as sons and daughters into God's family. We receive the promise of eternal life and we receive the Holy Spirit into our lives. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. Uh, it talks about the temple here. The Old Testament, the temple was God's dwelling place. Now we are God's dwelling place if we have accepted Christ as our Lord and Saviour. And then, basically going on, I've given a number of passages of Scripture, which if you want to write them down, you can do, but he, the Holy Spirit, he teaches us. He brings revelation of the truths in the Bible. He helps us to understand who we are in Christ, and he shows us and leads us in a better way to live. So he is involved in teaching us, uh, Romans 8.2.6 talks about how he helps us to pray. He, uh, he helps us to pray more effectively. He gives us an idea of what's on the Father's heart. He prompts us to, to pray for various things. Um, so, and also he intercedes for us. So the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. Okay. The Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts. It's, uh, it is the Holy Spirit who gives to different folk in the church uh, different gifts to build it, each of us up. So maybe gifts of prophecy or words of knowledge or miracles. It is the Holy Spirit who gives those things to us and he chooses how to distribute them to us and at what times. He also brings direction for our lives. So he, he leads us on uh, God's pathways. He brings us back when we've strayed away from those pathways, when we've led our lives our own way, and he reveals God's plans for our lives. He comforts. He is often called the comforter, the helper. Uh, he, he basically builds us up. He's always there with us. Even if everyone else has left, the Holy Spirit is there to comfort and to guide. He produces spiritual fruit. Can you remember them all? Love, joy, I've got them written down. Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control is the Holy Spirit that uh, enables us to be spiritually fruitful. Okay, so now it says here he can be quenched. In 1 Thessalonians 5.19, Paul talks about how we, we can quench the spirit within us. We can hold him back as it were. We can restrict him. We can ignore him. We can oppose him. And so we can thwart or stop the Spirit's work, both in us and through us. We can quench Him. And maybe even worse still, He can be grieved. If we live our lives our own way, 
If we don't put Jesus first, if we don't allow him to be Lord of all, if we don't listen, if we're not obedient, doing life our own way grieves the Holy Spirit. Okay, so our final area this morning then, it says to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we're just going to run through a few things regarding this, and then actually that's where I want to to kind of go in our, our ministry time later on. For those of you who know uh, the New Testament, you'll see that after Jesus is taken up to heaven and the disciples, are, the apostles are in the upper room, they're doing exactly what Jesus said. They're waiting for uh, God's gift to them to be poured out. They're praying and seeking God. They, they are looking for what? Jesus said, I'm going to pour out my spirit. And it's at this point that the Holy Spirit is poured out upon the early church. They speak in multiple languages. So they, they go out from the room and they start declaring the wonders of God, the salvation of Jesus. And it, in the book of Acts, it talks about how uh, people from many nations heard them talking in different languages. That was part of what was happening. They also were speaking with an incredible boldness. And the church, 3,000 plus are added straight away on that first uh, day after the Spirit is poured out. So these disciples in the upper room, it says all of them are filled with God's Spirit. And as you read on through the book of Acts, you can see that this wasn't uh, just contained to the apostles, but to the early church. And it has been happening ever since, right up to this present day. It is for all who believe. Okay, so I just want to, I know that's quite small, but I'm going to read it. Uh, this is, we're going to now look at a, an incident that happened shortly after. It says this, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John, two of the apostles, to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So what do I draw out of this? It's that we can be born again, we can receive Jesus, but we're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. We can go about our Christian lives missing out on this baptism in the Spirit of his empowering and infilling. So... When Peter and John came, they prayed for them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, it doesn't say what the outward sign was that they knew that they'd received, 
But as you, if you read on, it talks about how Simon the sorcerer was so enamored with what had just happened that he asked the apostles if he could have this power as well to pray for folk. He'd obviously missed the point, but something had happened, an outward sign that they, he realized that these new disciples had been transformed and received the Holy Spirit in power. Okay, so it says here we can be full of the Holy Spirit. So we go back again now to just after the, uh, the upper room experience. And Peter is walking to the temple. And he sees a cripple. And he tells him to stand up. And this man is instantly healed. And this gets heard by the religious leaders of the time. And they're not too keen on this happening. They thought they'd put Jesus to death and he was gone. But actually, the new church is rising up and the power of the Spirit is working now through Peter and the other apostles. And so they drag them. They drag, I think it's Peter and John, before the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders, and they start questioning them. So Peter has now seen this man healed through the power of the Spirit and then he has a boldness to stand up to the country leaders, the religious leaders, and argue and declare the truth about Jesus. This was because he was filled, he was full of the Holy Spirit. And then my final point before I summarize is we are to be to pray to be filled again and again. And again, and again, and again. So, in the passage of Scripture there, it talks about how Peter and John have been released by the, the uh, Sanhedrin, the religious leaders, and they've come back to the church, and they're just declaring what God's been doing. Um, you know, the, the, the crippled guy who was healed, and how they declared the gospel to the religious leaders. And then they, what do they do? They pray. They start to pray for more boldness, for more of the Spirit, for more power, for God to move more mightily in all that's going on. So despite seeing people saved and healed and this boldness, they're crying out for more. We need more of your Spirit, Lord. And God answered them, it says, by filling them all with the Holy Spirit and enabling them to speak boldly. So we, there's an encouragement there that even in the early church, even straight after Pentecost, they were still crying out for more of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so then to summarize, the Holy Spirit is God. It's not a force, not a lesser God. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. The third person in the Trinity. Jesus was empowered and led by the Holy Spirit during his earthly ministry. How much more do we need to be? We receive the Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus. He comes to dwell within us. But we are to be baptized to receive the Holy Spirit in power. That is a 
decision to make, a, a step to take. And we are to pray over and over to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-off event, but it's something we continue to do. We cry out to God, Lord, would you fill me with your spirit? Would you empower me? Would you embolden me? Would you help me to do your will, to follow your ways, to see your kingdom come? I'd like to ask the band up. I was going to give you a few moments, but sorry, Katie, but come on up. Got to the end. I want to have a time of ministry. For many of us, we know about the baptism of the Spirit. We have been baptized in the Spirit. We've known God's presence, God's power. But how much have we do, been doing the praying over and over and over again? So in the moment, I'm going to ask us all to stand. Please do just start playing quietly. Um, and I'm just going to pray for us. But after that, I'm going to s- suggest that if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you haven't come before God and you've asked him for it and maybe asked others to pray for you, then in a little while I'm going to invite folk to come down to the front and some of us are quite happy to pray with you, pray for you and to lead you in that. Or maybe you just want to understand a bit more. You, you maybe yes, I think I want more of God, but I'm just not sure at this point. We can again pray and chat with you. Or maybe there's something you feel, actually, yes, I was baptised in the Spirit many years ago, but I I've, I've just need to come back and I need to deal with a few things. Again, we're happy to pray. But let's, I'm just going to ask you to stand. I'm going to uh, pray for each one of us. So, now let's, yeah, just seek God in this. Is this for you? Is this what you want? If it's not, ask him, is it what I should be wanting? Lord Jesus, when you, you went up to heaven, you said you would pour out your spirit upon all Mankind, on men and women, he would give to those who asked. Because it is through your spirit your church is built. And I just want to pray for each one of us, Lord. I pray, would you pour out your spirit again upon us? That we would receive more of you, Lord. We want to be bold. It's not in our own strength, but in yours. Lord, we want to see people healed. We want to see lives transformed. We want to see our family coming to know you. We want to know our neighbours seeing something in us that is you. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit. We are so weak in ourselves, but in you, we can achieve so much. We can do all that you ask of us. Holy Spirit, I pray that we'd come and rest on people now, that they would know you at work in their lives, maybe even transforming and changing, building up, encouraging, strengthening. Lord, would you speak into hearts, bring challenges, maybe 
even now be stripping away chains that have held people for so long taking those walls down and removing those foundations that maybe we built so many years ago we welcome you Holy Spirit have your way amongst us I pray Amen in a moment we're just going to have a, a time of worship but if you feel that you would like to be prayed for please I'm going to ask just come down to this corner down here and also ask if there's a, a few folk leadership team folk who could go down first actually if could you do that now maybe a dozen half a dozen folk just pop down if you're willing to pray for them And then if you would like to be prayed for, please do as we worship. Just head down there. doesn't matter what you want to be prayed for, actually. If you want prayer, you can go down there. Please do. I'm going to hand over to Katie.
there might be some other people as well that um, it'd be really good for you to be able to respond for prayer. When I think about Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I think about the passage where Jesus is talking to his disciples um, before he dies, and they don't want to lose him. They don't want him to be taken from them. Um, and I always think how amazing it must have been to be with Jesus, to hear his laugh, to hear his words, to be able to touch him, to be close to him. But Jesus says to them, this is really important that I go because then the Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit is with you. So you are never alone. The Holy Spirit, I'm always with you by the Holy Spirit. So I was just really drawn to this verse where Jesus says to them, that I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And he means the Holy Spirit coming to us. Um, so if that's you, if you're feeling like an orphan, if that's where you're at, if you need to know Jesus with you, Jesus with you and never leaving you, then let someone pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to sing Awaken My Soul.
So let's just bring our meeting to a conclusion. Just want to thank God for the way in which he's been speaking to us today, meeting with us. I know many people have felt his touch today. It's so good, isn't it, to know that God wants to be in touch with us and filling us with his Holy Spirit, not just once, but continuously, day by day, moment by moment. We can reach out here and just be full of the Holy Spirit. So continue to meet with God in that way and to ask him to bless you by filling you with his spirit day by day, moment by moment. Let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your desire that we should be full of your Holy Spirit, that we should be in touch with you moment by moment. We thank you that your desire is for us to be filled with your spirit and continually filled with your spirit. Thank you that's your desire. We pray that we will be open to your desires, Lord, and we'll be open to your, your, your word, Lord, and you filling us with your Holy Spirit. Cause us to know more of you, Lord, day by day. Cause us to have a deeper relationship day by day. Lord, cause our faith to grow in you day by day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do take a seat. Just a couple of quick reminders. Um, welcome tea uh, today, 4.30 in the... Oh, next Sunday, sorry, my fault, misreading that. Welcome tea next Sunday, do apologise. 4.30 in the cafe area, so don't come today because it won't be there. Um, and then this evening is the, another encounter evening, 7.30 in the cafe area. Uh, there will be refreshments on arrival, a time of worship and sharing communion together. And also just a time just to, to share also words from God and things that God is doing in our lives. So please do join us. By all means, bring a friend or come on with your life group. But it uh, be really good to have a good number there this evening just to hear what God is doing. So it's been really lovely to have guests with us today. Thank you if, you, if it's the first time being here. And by all means, um, do speak to us before you leave. If you have a welcome pack, please fill in the Connect card. Post it in the offering box as you go out, please. That just gives us an idea of who people are and what's going on. And make sure you see the update online, please, for any details of forthcoming events. There are refreshments in the cafe area for you at the end. And if you have children in the children's work this morning, please go down and collect them as soon as possible because we have overrun a little bit. So please do that as soon as possible. Pick up your children. Thank you very much for being with us. We've really enjoyed having you. We've enjoyed being with God today, haven't we? We've enjoyed what he's doing amongst us. Bless him. Praise God. Amen.